0: Eric Roberts is a fucking man. He's the greatest fucking actor since acting began. We should give him every medal, every trophy, and award. He's the greatest fucking
1: actor that you've ever seen or ever heard. Eric Roberts, the fucking man. Eric Roberts, the fucking man. Eric Roberts is a
0: fucking man. Eric Roberts is a fucking man. Eric Eric Roberts is the fucking man. If there's anything that you can do, Eric Roberts fucking
2: can. Nurse, get me 20 cc's of laughter. It's Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Redux, the greatest Eric Roberts related podcast in the world. I'm Doug Tilly and joining me as usual is the charismatic enigma, Liam O'Donnell. But I'm not going to ask you how you're doing, Liam, because I need to address something, which is that I had to change the opening spiel there. It used to say that we are the world's only Eric Roberts-related podcast. That's no longer the case. There's a new Eric Roberts podcast out there, and I have to say it has me rattled, Liam. Are you feeling a little rattled about this? I don't understand how...
0: uh, I mean... My first response, of course, is to be furious. Like, who yes. are these Johnny-come-latelys to the scene who think they can show up? Pretenders to the throne, right? Yeah, show up at this late hour, you know, with no experience <laughs> with the man himself, and just think that
2: they can come around here covering what? Are they Are they watching uh, Bigfoot versus D.B. Cooper, huh? Probably, eventually. But, like, here's the thing. Like, six years ago, I was a man with a dream. And yeah, that dream... Were. I was. I was a man with the dream to create an Eric Roberts-themed podcast, and this was before Liam. This was before anybody. It was one man, one vision, and I just decided to create this thing and put it out into the world. And now, I mean, look, I'm sure their podcast is very nice. It's called the Esoteric Podcast, uh, or the Esoteric Roberts, like Eric Roberts. It's a pun, Esoteric, with Eric Roberts in it. Very good. Um, but there's a part in the back of my brain, and again, I don't want to create a thing out of this. Hey, I didn't copyright the idea. You can't copyright Eric Roberts. That's what I say. But I want them. Is that what you say? Yeah. And I also, I'm not saying people who are listening to this should bombard their YouTube, which is called um, Fun Stuff for Cool Cats. <laughs> I don't want you to bombard it, calling them pretenders to the throne. That would be uh, unpleasant. And honestly, we could get in trouble for that. So don't do that thing. But uh, if you do want to check it out, yeah, there's a YouTube page called Fun Stuff for Cool Cats, all one word. There's an Eric Roberts podcast that is in direct competition with Eric Roberts as the fucking man. And look, my first mm. response
0: here, Doug, is rage and, and rage and anger. And, gotcha. and anger and all that. My second though, I actually immediately feel compassion. Because here's my bet. They don't know what they're in for. You know? Mm. Like 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 yes, I'm like, look, we have the throne. But this throne is built on our blood. Doug. yeah this and is literally our blood our suffering as we sat through unbelievably
2: terrible Eric no. Roberts movies no that's unfair no you're now you're built now, you're, now, you're, now you're, our throne is built on lies because of the lies <laughs> you're throwing out into the world Liam we made a blood oath to cover yeah. the life and work of actor yes. Eric uh-huh. Roberts yeah. Right. And that yeah. has defined our lives for several years. It has brought us to Chicago, Illinois, where, where yes. you now almost reside. Yeah. And it, it put us in the presence of the man himself where we did a stage show where in front of a group of people, we talked to the man, we, we we broke bread with him. Liam, you were mocked mercilessly by Larry Cohen, the famous movie director. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a very memorable day. And I feel like we have his ear. So, Eric, now that it's just us talking... Um, Cease and desist. Very easy, very cheap to put out into the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are they trying to do? We made a blood oath. We can't do anything about it.
0: I mean, as long as he, you know, ordains us as official, you know, disciples of his, then I don't, I don't know that he needs to give them a full cease and desist. You know? Yeah.
2: right. It would be like giving us a cease and desist because we, because we put his photo or a picture of him, I should say, on a t-shirt that we then sold into the world. Yeah. Um, Liam, let's. I'm going to put this aside for a moment. Okay. I, I, are you doing well?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah, I don't you know? give a fuck. I, I, don't uh,
2: care. I don't care. I don't care. Our guest today is a musician and podcaster who you might know from the band Sun God. It's Mike Paulshock. How are you doing, Mike? You must be pretty upset to hear this news.
1: I Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly flabbergasted. I can't believe it.
2: What, what <laughs> do you have to say to the Esoteric Roberts podcast? If you had any message that you could put out to him, what would you say to him?
1: I would say that you should do the right thing and just and lay your sword down and and you know just it was a misunderstanding. You had your time, but you know the fun's over. And Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Yeah, is the yeah. is the one and only Eric Roberts podcast.
2: I love it. I love it, Mike. Thank you so much. <laughs> there's lots of actors yeah, of out there, by the way, who deserve yeah. a podcast. Where's sure. the Alan Cummings podcast? How about that? Yeah, well, we <laughs> might start that on cinemasmorguesport.com. But I mean, that there's lots of good ideas that we may actually pursue. So I'm not going to put them out into the world, Mike. It's so good to be talking to you about. Eric Roberts, a fine actor, uh, the fucking man, as you just said. I am curious, though. You're a musician, I hear.
1: I, yes, I am, yes.
2: In fact, yeah. it's not just I, I mean, I say I literally hear. I heard some of your music. <laughs> so did well, you know, by the way, that Liam was a was in a band Stop. at one point? Uh, I've
1: seen. I feel like uh, I've seen the photos, yeah.
2: Yes, I've the seen. photos. They were called Revolver Method. They were a hardcore punk band, okay. and Liam was a vocalist for them. And we're a yes. big fan of them also here on Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Absolutely. Uh, Liam, Liam, do you have anything to say to Mike since you're an old school music guy? Do you have any advice, <laughs> to Mike, any? about his band Sun God? <laughs> I hate you so much. What?
1: Any any tricks tricks, yeah, the trade tricks I should to the trade that
0: you know about? Yeah, don't name your band Revolver Method. Oh,
1: my my band in high school is called Rejected Culture, so I I, I understand it. Yeah, that's sure. a pretty cool no. name. I think that's ah, pretty cool.
2: Stop.
1: <laughs> it's, it's not not the best.
2: Michael, you are a fan of Eric Roberts, the actor.
1: I am indeed. Yeah. Thanks thanks again for having me on the show. I'm I'm teeming with excitement.
2: Well, there's so much show left to uh, happen, right? I mean, we're just getting started and you might not be so excited at the end. Mike, <laughs> what was the first time? When was the first time, I should say, were you aware, boy, this sentence is going all over the place. When were you first aware that Eric Roberts was an actor that existed in the world?
1: That's a very good question. Um mm. I think the first time he really like was noticeable, you know, in a in a film was maybe like The Dark Knight, and which is an embarrassing answer, but uh,
2: it is the first time anyone ever noticed him in a film. That's true. It, <laughs> it, yeah, I,
1: I feel like that has to be like the that's the big answer here. But um, but no, a couple years ago, my friends and I, uh, I live with a couple people, and we had a party, and it rained at the party, so we sat down and started watching TV, and mm-hmm. we we just turned on the Lifetime channel, and it was like the worldwide premiere. They were doing a countdown for the Stock by My Doctor: The Return. Wow. And, it was, and it, we just saw that. Yeah, we saw the, the world premiere and everybody had a blast and it was super fun. And uh, and it really I, I, I want to say it changed my life.
2: OK. I mean, I don't know if that's <laughs> an exaggeration or if you're having a little bit of fun, but I, I like no. the idea that, that sitting down and experiencing these stock by my doctor's movies, the movies that we have been celebrating here in Eric Roberts is the fucking man, that it was a life changing moment. I yeah, have to I, ask. Oh, sorry. No, please tell me more.
1: Oh no! I was just gonna say it was fully unexpected. We really had like no plan. Put it on. Everybody was instantly into it and hook, line, and sinker. Everyone was like fully bought in. It was a blast. It was super fun. Yeah. So
2: when Mike Paulshock is Sun God going to release a song about Eric Roberts?
1: Oh man, that that's honestly not that far fetched. I would say. I think. I think no, that could happen. That's in the realm of possibility. Um, we are writing new songs, so I'm. I'll start writing some lyrics. You know, tonight. I'll, I'll get right on it.
2: I am gonna check in with you from time to time just to make sure that that's the case. Yes, I, yeah,
1: hold me, hold me to my word,
2: <laughs> Mike. Now that you are a expert in the Stock by My Doctor series, I have to ask you: of the uh, ones that you have seen so far, what is your favorite?
1: I think just because of the the sheer surprise of the whole thing, I think Stock by My Doctor: or The Return, it, you mm. know, it was the first and it was the best that I, I, you know, in my opinion, at least.
2: Well, that's a very fair thing. To say. Uh, the what what but, about you guys? Well, oh, that's an chase. excellent question. Oh my goodness! Thank you so much for asking that. I <laughs> feel a little conflicted, so I'm going to throw it over to Liam first. Liam, do you know offhand? I know it's been a while since we've re-experienced these movies. What's uh, what's your favorite of the Stock by My Doctor series?
0: My inclination is to say the first one because that was the one that really like blew us away. Sure. And we had no idea. I think we had some inclination that it was pretty good. Is that correct? I don't remember Uh, what we knew about it before
2: we saw it. it, Very little. Very, very little. I mean, honestly, it it wasn't that Eric Roberts was making a lot of Lifetime movies at that time period. So it was very much just like, oh, it appeared on TV one day. We heard about it. Uh, I don't even think there was any indication that there was kind of a camp quality to it at that point. So, yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere.
1: I was going to say, I feel like that has to be the best way to experience it, just going in completely blind and just being stunned by you know, yeah. it every every second of the of the movie, just kind of like confused and, and just pure entertainment.
2: Yeah, stunned and confused. That's exactly how I show yeah. it. I, it. Yeah.
1: I
0: feel like my memory, though, was that we also liked the second one, and we were only starting to be less invested for the third one. Is that correct? It's been so long since we talked about them as a series. Maybe we need to do an episode where we revisit the whole series and talk Ooh. them through
2: again. Yeah, I think that would show those esoteric Robert... Bastards! Yeah, those <laughs> motherfuckers. Who's boss? Uh, yeah, I, you know what? My memory is uh, that you certainly were finding diminishing returns, especially once we hit. I think it was the third stock by, by doctor that has the La La Land parody. Do you know if you can yeah, confirm that? Mike? I
0: think that's right.
2: Where they have like a dance sequence, and that felt like even it felt both like it was the high point of the entire series, but also uh, maybe a bit of a bridge too far. Um, and when I think about the series and the high points for me, almost all of them come from that. First movie, and maybe it was just the delight of discovering something new and a launching point, and also some of the memorable lines like "I'm unfriending you" and him ripping apart the American do- girl doll <laughs> in the bathroom. But there's a lot there that I still remember and have a lot of affection for. So my favorite of the series, Mike, getting back to your question, is the first original classic, "Stocked by My Doctor."
1: All right, well, there you go. Well, if you guys, if you guys do an episode kind of going back and doing the retrospective, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to watch it back, you know, watch back through all of them myself and and come back and let you guys know what I think.
2: i love to hear it. The reason that we're talking about Stock By My Doctor, ladies and gentlemen, is because we are talking about, on this very episode, the latest in the Stock By My Doctor series. It's possible, listeners, that you may have actually missed it because it's not called Stock By My Doctor 5. It's called Just What The Doctor Ordered, and it's from the year 2021. But before we get to that, we got to listen to all the latest Eric Roberts news on The Roberts Report. It's the Roberts Report for this episode of Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man Redux, and we continue with a deep dive on the man himself's Twitter feed. You can follow Eric Roberts on Twitter, at Eric Roberts, all one word, and I think that you should. Uh, We actually have a tweet from back in July, July 8th, when Eric is actually talking specifically about the Stocked by My Doctor series. It feels like an all-stocked, all-the-time episode. Eric tweeted on July 8th, I love the love of the audience for hashtag stocked. Eric Roberts loves stocked. Mike Polishak loves stock. Liam Madonna loves Stocked. We're all Stockheads here, and we're going to be learning about Stocked in just a little bit. But here's where we're going to get down to the brass tacks. Back on June 29th, Eric Roberts was replying to a tweet from Alexander Bekin-Todoroshevich, uh, who was tweeting, Is this normal? Actor? 628 credits? Exclamation point? Smiley face? He's referring, of course, to Eric Roberts and his many film and television credits. Eric Roberts responded to it, just like he responded when we asked him about his film and TV credits, Liam, on stage with him in Chicago, Illinois. Eric Roberts says, not that there's such thing as normal, but no, it's not. (laughs) Ha ha ha. To Eric Roberts, it's not normal to have 628 credits. When I talk to you, Mike Paulshock, about an actor a working actor, and his excessive number of film and television credits, 628. What does that make you think? Do you, does it make you think that maybe that there's an uneven quality to these things? Do you have any expectations about what you're going to get when you see an Eric Roberts movie?
1: I feel like it's almost the same thing with Danny Trejo, where it's like, you know, he's so busy that he can't have such a large role in all of the films, but he kind of does. I feel like he is, pre, pre, you know, pretty... Heavily involved in a lot of the films that he's featured in. Am, am I wrong That's there? Right.
2: Or? You are exactly right. And in fact, you, you stumbled upon something there, Mike, which is that Danny Trejo, he started his career, guess with who? Who did he start with? I'm going to take a guess and say Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts! <laughs> in the film Runaway Train, Danny Trejo was in Runaway Train and trained Eric Roberts. To box in that film and appears in it as well. They both launched the career. Well, Eric Roberts was already launched; he was already a superstar, but helped uh, launch Danny Trail's career. What does that make
1: you think, Mike? I, you know, it makes me nothing but nothing but happy for the both of them. Two, I love two, it. Two incredibly prolific Hollywood actors.
2: Yeah, and I love seeing them. I love seeing them show up. Liam, does Eric Roberts make too many movies? Yes. Yes. How many less movies should he be doing?
0: Well, it's I, I say too many movies because his his method seems to be accept as many smaller roles as possible so that he stays working Mm. and therefore feels like he stays relevant. But as we've seen more recently, he has been getting some larger offers and I would love if he could do some larger roles. And and I'm not even going to say good because – I think we should be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, actors do things and maybe they don't know what it's going to be. Like to assume you get an offer and you're going to say, well, I know this is going to be good. You, well, you don't always know. A lot, great yeah. directors make bad films. Uh, great you know, production companies make bad TV shows. And you so, don't have your choice of roles. Not every right, actor is Daniel right, Day-Lewis, right? Right, right. But I do wish he was a little more selective only because there are occasionally movies where... He is the only worthwhile element in the entire movie, yes, and I would like there to be, I would like there to be less of those. Where I'd like him to do more roles where um, he is at least part of a of a number of things that are worthwhile to the movie.
2: Mike, have you ever done any acting?
1: Um, I don't know, nothing, nothing seriously. I, I took like a a sketch writing class, and some friends and I made a stupid video uh, about the the fingerboarding revolution so we tried to like parody um what's it like dogtown and the z boys and we tried to do a version of it so so you know i yeah i I dabbled there a little bit but to answer your question no nothing nothing serious
2: sounds like to me like the answer was yes and where can we see (laughs) this parody of dogtown and z boys
1: so it's been taken off of youtube because we used a lot of the same soundtrack so it's it's no it's unfortunately no longer no longer available but I might be able to find a private link for you somehow.
2: Please. And I will share it, of course, on the show notes of today's episode of Eric Roberts is the fucking man. But the reason I bring up the craft of acting is that back on June 20th, Eric Roberts tweeted, acting is faking it real. Thoughts on that, Mike?
1: <laughs> I Hey, I, if he says it, it's true. It's gospel it, fact.
2: Hey, gospel fact. That's what I say. Liam, acting is faking it real.
1: Yeah, that's that makes sense.
2: <laughs> acting is faking it real, Liam.
0: <laughs> okay, it's a little silly. It's a little it's a little maybe simplistic and um, I don't know, here's the thing, Doug. Uh-huh. him tweeting <laughs> acting is faking it real. Is that any more or less annoying than how a lot of actors talk about acting? Like I just feel like oftentimes actors talking about acting is one of the most painful things one could put
2: up with. If anyone knows what it is to be an actor, it's Eric Roberts, the actor's actor, right, Liam? Sure. Yeah.
1: I will say that that tweet appears to have quite a bit of engagement. I agree with that. Posts, I'm glad so.
2: I'm glad that you pointed that out, Mike, because I was one of the people who retweeted it into the world just yesterday at <laughs> the time that we were recording. I was so pleased to see it out there that I decided that the world needed to see more of it. And people, 637 likes on that tweet. Pretty impressive, Mike.
1: Absolutely. It feels like one of those late night thoughts where you're like, I'll throw it out there. And then, you know, you come back around the next morning and wow, it really resounded with the Internet. And uh yeah, I feel like Eric Roberts, he, he, he has a home run on his hands right there
2: People call him the fucking man for a reason Back on June 26th, <laughs> Eric Roberts tweeted People fear passion in all its forms And then come to realize that passion is the point Pretty wise words from Eric Roberts here on June 26th What are your thoughts on that, Micah? Passion, people fear passion Do you fear passion? You're a musician, you're an artist You put your work out into the world Do you fear passion? <laughs>
1: I embrace it. I embrace passion with you know in all forms.
2: It's the point, right? Passion is <laughs> yeah. the point.
1: Yeah, I'm still th- try, I'm trying to unpack this one a little bit. People fear <laughs> passion in all its forms uh-huh. and then come to realize that passion is the point. It yeah, I mean it's it sounds like a, you know, one of those you things. You know what it sounds
2: like, you know it sounds like to me, Mike? Yes. No, yeah, what it sounds like to me is that you've already you skipped the first half. You already realize that passion is the point. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You never feared it to begin with. No fear. That's, right. that's what you say when it comes right. to
1: passion. I used to have a T-shirt that said that, actually. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> no fear. I mean, it's a fine slogan. I think it's the slogan of this uh, podcast. Liam O'Donnell, you are an artist. I am? Yeah, you're an artist. You write. Yeah. Right? Okay, no, you're... you're right. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I famously should, I should... a musician, right? Oh, uh, stop. Don't even look yeah. at that. <laughs> All right. Anyway, but like, you are an artist. You put yourself out there sometimes... Sometimes you know you uh, uh, are stripping back the layers. You're letting people know a little bit about your personal thoughts and your personal feelings on things. There's always a risk involved with that, and I think that there's a bit of fear involved with that as well. Do you fear passion, Liam? Are you a passionate person? I mean, I think of myself as a passionate person. Um, well, that's what the are point. you passionate about,
0: Liam? Uh, So Mm. uh, my first inclination when I hear this quote is to kind of like be silly about it and be like, come on, whatever. But the more that I'm thinking about it, I do think that there is some feeling that when you – let people see the things that you're really passionate about. That that just leaves you vulnerable to be mocked, you know. Mm-hmm. Which you know happens with you all the time. I expect that from you, but yeah. Uh, but like from the rest of the world, that like when people see you that you care about something, it's an opportunity for attack, and uh, that kind of resonates with me. I don't know. At least in twenty twenty one, I don't know how much people fear something just because they are passionate about it, um, mm. but I but I do wonder if that happens, like especially with people who are probably more artistically inclined than I am, that right. they find something and they it touches something in them that's obsessive, and then they fear that they they're like afraid, of like well this is taking over a little bit, um, and and that's not to say that balance is bad, like obviously balance is good and people should have a balanced life and all that kind of thing. But um, sometimes I do wonder how often people don't pursue things that make them feel something because it is uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. And, and and oftentimes it does connect with pain. Like, I don't know, Mike, what your experience is as an artist, but a lot of people I know who create things find that creating brings out things in them that they didn't realize were there that sometimes are very difficult and painful or or at least complicated.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I guess I guess that's not an uncommon thing where a lot of great art comes from pain. Um, but I guess I'm still trying to figure out how the fear factors in there. Man, Eric, but, he's really really sending our brains into a pretzel here. I mean, we could talk about this all
2: day, but unfortunately, <laughs> we have an episode to continue with. But I just want to okay, make okay. one little addition to it. You know what I think about passion, Mike?
1: Yes, please go on. It's the point. That's oh, wow! <laughs> couldn't oh couldn't have said it. <laughs> couldn't have said it better myself. That's the point. Passion is the point.
2: Big news in the Eric Roberts verse, uh, and for once, I'm not exaggerating. At all. Uh, Eric Roberts uh, on Moviehole.net, they have a headline. A headline that got became quite controversial when Eric Roberts retweeted it when I put it out into the world. Eric Roberts returns to the big leagues with Chazelle's Babylon. Oscar nominee has been largely doing independent direct-to-video fare the past couple of decades. I don't think that's necessarily unfair, though it does um, uh, If – we're talking about the last few decades. That does kind of ignore both The Dark Knight, uh, Mike's favorite Eric Roberts performance, as whoa, well whoa, as – Whoa, Hey, whoa. <laughs> as, as well as, of course, Inherent Vice. Uh, now, I heard a little whoa-woes there, Mike. Are you telling me that it's not your favorite Eric Roberts performance? Does that lay in the hands of Albert Beck, the doctor from the Stocked by My Doctor series?
1: I, yeah, I think my, my favorite performance of his is definitely Albert Beck, but the first, yes, t- t- to your point, the first time I, th- I think I really really saw him shine on the screen as The Dark Knight. So, yes, sorry, continue, didn't mean to, no, didn't you mean know to derail. What?
2: I prefer to be corrected than to let those big lies uh, hang out in the world. Damien Chazelle, the director <laughs> of La La Land... <laughs> Uh, that was a big, huge movie. In fact, we've already mentioned on this very episode, I think it's actually kind of ironic that Eric Roberts, who, per- who appeared in a "Stock by My Doctor film that has a parody of a sequence from La La Land, is now going to be in a film from the director of La La Land. It makes you wonder if Damien Chazelle may have seen the "Stock by My Doctor series. Oh, he
0: did. He did. He definitely did.
2: <laughs> I think 100%. so. Well, he is making this film Babylon, and Eric Roberts uh is going to appear in it described around town as the great gatsby on steroids it's actually already shooting uh as of june 2021 with margot robbie and brad pitt headlining is it possible we're gonna see eric roberts and brad pitt on the screen together i i can't even picture it but very exciting what are your thoughts mike on damien chazelle the director of la la land and also this one might appeal to you because you're a musician
1: whiplash Oh wow! Yeah, Wh- Whipl- oh my gosh! Yeah, I watched that again recently. That movie is mm-hmm. uh, that movie is just hundred percent stress, start to finish. No, yeah. Is that what you oh, like man. when you're
2: watching movies? You like to feel stressed?
1: <laughs> Not particularly, but oh. you know it it works from time to time. Um, I can't get my head around the phrase "the great cats on steroids." I don't really know. I don't really know what to expect there, but I like it. I'm I'm here for it.
2: Well, I guess instead of one character saying "old sport" a hundred times. Maybe a character will say, new sport.
1: Because okay. it's like on
2: steroids, right? What
1: do you right, think yes. about that? Do you have steroids. any thoughts? Yes, I, I think steroids—they're—they're they're used to give you a new perspective. Instead of old, it's new. Yeah. So, you know, it'd be funny so.
2: though if it was just exactly the same as the Great Gatsby <laughs> film from a couple years ago, except everyone had these ripping bods with huge biceps.
1: Yeah, they need to get like um, who's like it was a um Alex Rodriguez or like uh, who else? Who are the steroids? Mark McGuire, get some get some baseball players in there.
2: We're not going to accuse anybody of taking steroids here on Eric Roberts as the fucking man. It feels like something we get in trouble with. But you're that's probably fair. trying to think of Sammy Sosa and Barry Bonds.
1: I think Jose Canseco is the one person that came clean and said he did use steroids. We'll use him as the placeholder. And, yes, and everyone else, so, that's, that, that can be hearsay, yeah. And
2: I mean, there's a lot of actors being added to Babylon, so maybe Jose Canseco may appear in it. <laughs> but I you hope to see hope. a lot of buff dudes uh, showing off their guns here in uh, this film. But for right now, we're going to have to... Uh, stick with Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt, as well as a lot of other names that I don't have memorized here. Uh, Liam O'Donnell.
0: Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were waiting for me to
0: respond. I thought there was a, a follow-up statement coming.
2: Liam, were you a fan of La La Land?
0: No. No. It, it's It was actually a huge disappointment to me because I was a massive fan of Whiplash. And I still think, as Mike just pointed out, it holds up. It wasn't just, oh, there's a buzz around this movie. We're all getting wrapped up in the buzz. I've rewatched it since. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Um, Now, that doesn't doesn't mean we're wrong about La La Land. Well, I don't know how you guys feel about La La Land. Uh, But for me, La La Land was fine. It was not bad,
2: but it was only fine.
1: I really have no strong opinions on it. Yeah, it's, it, it was there. I saw it. It was, it was fine.
2: I liked how La La Land featured Ryan Gosling, Canada's own Ryan Gosling, protecting the sanctity of jazz music from John Legend. Yeah. That was very exciting for me to see that this man, John Legend, he wasn't taking jazz seriously enough. Well, so, I just
0: think there were already millions of white men just chomping at the bit to defend jazz from uh, black people. So mm. now they have the reason to. Now they're finally yeah. got to have the license to do that.
2: And he gets to dance at the same time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can Mike, only imagine you dancing around the living room right now. Just I <laughs> am. <laughs> I'm so excited.
2: In fact, I have a standing desk recording this podcast right at this very moment. Michael, what music instruments, musical instruments even, do you play?
1: Sure. Uh, well, I played drums uh, in a band in high school. I play guitar and I sing.
2: So you play drums. So Whiplash must have a certain resonance to you, in particular.
1: Oh yeah, I feel like they did a pretty good job on that movie of making it seem. I, I'm not sure if you know the actors took took lessons and things like that, but it all seemed pretty pretty true to form. I yeah. figure that they took lessons. Sorry, <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> They just cut to him,
2: and it's like this intense of, like, you have to be the top of the game. And he's just, like, completely shitty. And fucking
1: <laughs> and Chazelle's like, yeah, take lessons if you want. Fuck it. Who cares?
2: Well, we're joking around, but I'm actually very, very excited. I did not see First Man, Damon Chazelle's uh, r- most recent film about Neil Armstrong landing on the moon, presumably. Um, I, I, do you believe, by the way, Mike, do you, that man has landed on the moon? <laughs>
1: Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> I I didn't realize we we're going to get into all of this. Um, Yeah, I think the first man to go into outer space was Jeff Bezos, actually. So, yes.
2: Oh, OK. Well, we're yeah. breaking through the barrier. That's why it should be celebrated now
1: that I do. Or no, he didn't even go to space, did he? No, he, didn't even, he barely you know, fucking just. God damn it. it.
2: There's been so much Eric Roberts content lately. It's almost overwhelming. One of those uh, pieces of content is a podcast. Yeah, we already talked about an Eric Roberts related podcast. That's kind of competing with us. But there's also Eric Roberts own podcast. That launched. Did you hear about this, Liam? No. Tell me about it, Doug. <laughs> it's, uh, pretty incredible that you haven't heard about it. This is a podcast called Killer's Vault, which is hosted by Elizabeth Rome, who used to be on the Law and Order program, and it's narrated by Eric Roberts. It's basically a true crime podcast, which has some very famous serial killers, and Eric Roberts is reading out like the, the correspondence as they tell the story. Of these serial killers, it started with John Wayne Gacy, the famous serial killer John Wayne Gacy, and it features the voice of Eric Roberts. That's pretty exciting, and I have listened to the first episode. I thought it was pretty entertaining, and I'm not even a big fan of true crime podcasts because I find them exploitative and pretty terrible. Michael,
1: yes, I, uh, I've, I've got to have your back there. Exploitative and, and not, not for me, but um, someone, someone, you know, posed it in a way that I thought was fine. That you know, it's, it's giving new. I don't know. It's, it's shedding light on, on cases and maybe finding more, you know, bringing, digging them back up a little bit and maybe finding a little bit more about the people that were involved. So maybe getting some closure for some families there. But I've got to agree. I, I don't like the, the perverse nature of it and, and like the I don't know, you know, the, the benefiting off of other people's misfortune. I, I can't I can't get down with that.
2: Oh, I wasn't going to ask you about that.
1: Oh, sure. Uh... Yes. go on. <laughs> No,
2: the, I, there is the element of it also potentially being a history lesson, and the reason I bring that up is that one of the episodes of Killer's Vault is devoted to Charles Manson, uh, the uh, notorious leader of the Manson family. And I recall there was a movie that came out a couple of years ago. I don't know if you heard about this, Mike. It was called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and it was <laughs> no. directed by Quentin Tarantino, and that movie involved the Manson family uh, to, to a very large extent. And there's a, they did a little twist at the end of this movie, and I don't want to spoil too much, listeners. But at the end of this movie, uh, this character that in real life was murdered by the Manson family, she ended up not being murdered. He changed history around. And I remember hearing at the time that some people watched this movie and they didn't realize that there was kind of a switch there at the end because they were so fucking ignorant about history <laughs> that they, they didn't know who Charles Manson the, the Manson family was about. And maybe a podcast like this Mike could educate them so they don't look so foolish. Sure. In the world, what do you think? Education, educational podcast like this one.
1: Yeah. Well, so, so uh, you know, I don't want to look like a flip flopper here, but yes, I agree. I'm all for the I'm all for the education. So. Well,
2: you don't know, right? Because these podcasts, you just you got to listen to it to know for sure, right?
1: That's that's right.
2: Yeah. Liam O'Donnell, favorite serial killer.
0: I don't. That's not a thing I'm invested in. You don't care about serial killers. No, I don't, it's, yeah, I, I, I am also not invested in true crime, uh, and I feel two weird ways about it, like, on one hand, it's the, uh, you know, it's the exploiting of the pain of victims, on the other hand, it can just be like a, uh, like a, I don't know, I, 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 Growing up with Unsolved Mysteries left a really bad taste in my mouth. Like, do you remember when Unsolved Mysteries stopped showing you aliens and just every episode was just like, here's another guy the FBI is looking for. And look at this guy. It's another guy the FBI is looking for. Very
2: much so. In fact, I was just watching some older episodes of Unsolved Mysteries, and a lot of them had updates. And then they'll tell you what happened afterwards. They helped catch criminals. I guess you don't like hearing that.
0: No, I don't. And, And honestly, it just wasn't what I was there for. Like, if people want to do that, whatever, like, I'm not pointing the finger too hard on that. But, like... I wanted to go to Unsolved Mysteries because I wanted to hear about like troll people and like cattle mutilations and shit like that. And instead, it's like it got to a point where every episode was only about some guy. Yeah, it basically
2: became another America's Most
0: Wanted. Yeah, no, thank you. That's not my vibe, Mike.
2: Who's the most fuckable serial
1: killer? Ah! Oh my god! No comment. No comment. Is it Berkowitz? The answer is
0: Ed Gein.
1: That's the answer. Ed Gein. Was, um, the woman who drowned her children, is that technically a serial killer?
2: Hell, let's do it! A-
1: Andrea, Andrea Yates, I think, or something along Hell those yeah. lines?
2: Yeah, so, well, yeah. I'm a bit of a Yates head myself, so I can see where you're coming from. Okay. There. I'll, I'll,
1: I'll go on record and say she's the most fuckable um, serial killer, yeah.
2: Alright, so we'll make sure that, we'll put that on as a slogan for this episode. Perfect, um, just,
1: just great.
2: Liam, I've got some exciting news for you. Oh, yes? Your old stomping ground, Pennsylvania... Eric Roberts is
0: coming to it. Yeah, specifically the Lehigh Valley too. Like, if I still lived in Easton, this would be a really easy thing for me to go to.
2: This is a uh, uh, the PA Horror Con, which runs on August twenty first and August twenty second, twenty twenty one. You can go to Allentown, Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, and meet Eric Roberts, Liam.
0: Well, can I give you some breaking? <laughs>
2: oh, I
0: love breaking it. Extra- news. Breaking news. I'm going to be in the area on August 21st and 22nd. Yeah. So maybe I'll have to make the trip back up to that. I mean, I'll be in Philly, so I'm not that close. But close close enough. enough, Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll head up there.
2: I've heard a friend of the show, Adriana Gober, might be there as well. uh, Hanging out with Eric Roberts. Yay. And in fact, this is actually some important news. Listeners, pay very close attention to this. This is from a tweet from Eric Roberts. That's an extra tweet on July 15th. He says about this very convention appearance so excited about this can only be there on the Saturday so come on down now I'm not sure if August 21st or the 22nd is a Saturday I'm guessing it's the 21st but get down to the Saturday that's where you're going to be able to check out Eric Roberts also exciting in this image that they're using to promote Eric Roberts appearances they have also have uh, some of his famous films listed and let's see what they think are the most famous Eric Roberts movies <laughs> best of the best the Dark Knight ambulance that's the ambulance directed by larry cohen the pope of greenwich village and the human centipede three <laughs> so all of your favorite eric roberts performances uh you can go and, of course uh hang out meet eric roberts get stuff signed on uh august 21st or 22nd whatever one 20 is 21st 21st august 21st uh you'll get to meet eric roberts at that convention now all of this is exciting news Big Eric Roberts projects, big Eric Roberts podcasts, but maybe the most exciting news about this episode of all is that the long-awaited Michael Flatley-starring spy movie Blackbird has finally been released into the world uh, in a limited capacity. Now, we've been talking about Michael Flatley's spy thriller Blackbird for a long time, co-starring Eric Roberts. This film was made, I think, uh, three years ago, Uh, labeled by many as a vanity project, the 62-year-old wrote, financed, directed, and cast himself in the lead for *Blackbird*. Uh, now you might know, listeners, Michael Flatley as the Lord of the Dance. Are you aware of this gentleman, Michael? Uh, uh, Michael Flatley. Your name is Michael, but I'm talking about Michael <laughs> Flatley, the Lord of the Dance.
1: Yeah, I I feel like there was a uh, there was something where there was something called the Lord of the Leap, and I guess it was like a takeoff of uh, of Michael Flatley. I mm. can't remember the reference at this point, but. Um, If anybody out there thinks of it, let me know.
2: Yes, send (laughs) send send Michael a message on his social media about whatever he was talking
1: about just now. Yeah, I really yeah. Sorry, lost myself (laughs) there. But yes, Michael Flatley, Irish hero,
2: a a hero to the Irish. uh, Maybe a bigger hero now that he stars in his film Blackbird, that is coming out into the world. And in fact, it appeared at the Monaco Streaming Film Festival. Uh, from July 3rd to 6th. So that was a while ago at this point. But I've got some extra breaking news. We're just full of it this time, Liam. Michael Flatley wins prestigious best actor award for a long-awaited directorial debut, Blackbird. Shockingly, at the Monaco Streaming Film Festival that ran from July 3rd to 6th, Michael Flatley won the prestigious best actor award. That's pretty exciting, Liam. Woohoo! <laughs> Flatley told Variety, I am absolutely over the moon with the Best Actor award. I wanted to make a modern movie reminiscent of old Hollywood. The classics were always entertaining without being excessively violent or complicated. Uh, my uh, little uh, uh, a little uh, uh, bird, a little blackbird, you might say, has told me <laughs> that Blackbird is partially a remake of Casablanca. So uh, very excited to check out Michael Flatley's Blackbird, hopefully coming to theaters, possibly, but at the very least streaming services in the very near future. Any thoughts on Blackbird, Michael?
1: It just, it sounds it sounds like quite an ambitious undertaking. I'm kind of curious mm. if, the, if there's like a, you know, like we've mentioned La La Land a couple times here, but I wonder if there'll be a La La Land song and dance uh, aspect to this film, you know. Is was, he gonna
2: dance? It... That's an ex- excellent question, because he's the lord of the dance. He kind of think he has the dance in
1: it. It seems like it would be a fan favorite, but hey, maybe he's trying to trying to distance himself and start a new career. I can't Can't, you know, can't shame him for that at all, but,
2: you know. Liam, will you watch Blackbird, the spy thriller starring Michael Lord of the Dance, flatly?
0: Unfortunately, yes. Why? Because of our blood oath.
2: We made a blood oath to watch the life and work of actor Eric Roberts. That includes, of course, Blackbird. So hopefully that will be available for us very soon. Uh, Final news note of the day, and this might be the biggest of all of them. uh, There's a television series, Liam. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called The Righteous Gemstones. I have heard of it. It's a, it's a very well-liked series. It stars Danny McBride and John Goodman and uh, that other guy. What's that other kid's name from Workaholics? Adam Devine, I believe. Adam Devine stars in The Righteous Gemstones. First season, people liked it very much. Well, get this. Jason Schwartzman Eric Andre and Eric Roberts are joining season two of the HBO comedy as recurring uh, cast members. Very exciting. Created, written and starring Danny McBride, the righteous gemstones tells the story of a world famous televangelist family with a long tradition of deviance, greed and charitable work. And I think I didn't even mention Walton Goggins in this show and he freaking steals the show every time out. I think, is that correct? uh, Mike, I haven't actually seen the first season.
1: Oh, it's, it's incredible. I, I would highly recommend it. I think I've watched it two or three times at this point. Um, Walton Goggins plays a character named Uncle Baby Billy which is maybe mm-hmm. the best name I've ever heard in <laughs> in anything so yeah big you know heavily recommended there yeah Schwartzman
2: will play Faniel, a journalist working on a story about the min- ministries. Roberts play- portrays Junior, who grew up with Eli and suddenly reenters his life. Andre is Lyle Lissens, a mega church pastor from Texas who befriends Jesse Navarre. I got to see it just to see Eric Andre as a mega church pastor. Sounds very uh, very interesting. Very much looking forward to the Righteous Gemstones. Liam, have you watched this? Now, I know that you're a man of faith. Do you feel put upon by watching these people make a mockery of these mega churches? No. No. So any thoughts? Any thoughts on the? Record? Yeah, it's
0: really good. No, it's a really good show. <laughs> I like it a lot. I I don't think no one would. Re- I mean, is anyone really offended by? It? I don't know. I can't speak for the world. Uh, but it, I'm certainly not offended by it, and it's freaking hilarious. And it you know it walks a really fine line because you care about these characters, even though they're terrible people. And you're kind of hoping they'll figure out ways to be less terrible, but also
2: them being terrible as part of the fun. So it's like, it's an interesting balance to try to figure out. Recently added to the ever-expanding Eric Roberts IMDb page is 2021's The Magic, directed by Gregory J. Martin, an Emmy-winning director and producer, who helmed 2017's The Intruders, which starred Stephen Bauer and Lisa Wilcox, but more importantly, also featured Ruben Rabaza, the guy from I Think You Should Leave, who has the no good car (laughs) ideas. That guy who's in that movie. (laughs) So that's very exciting. He's also the director and showrunner of the digital soap opera The Bay, which I don't think is the famous show called The Bay. It's some other show, I think it's on Amazon. Here's the plot summary for The Magic. The Magic is a holiday love story about a hotshot attorney, David Kane, who loses the Christmas spirit and closes his heart to love following a tragic loss 15 years earlier. Now, with the help of his guardian angels, twin sisters Mary Lou and Misty, David soon finds himself falling for paralegal Carolina Castillo and believing in the magic of Christmas all over again. Very exciting. Also exciting that not only does this feature Eric Roberts as a character named Bill Buchanan, (laughs) <laughs> but also Sally Kirkland as Rose Buchanan. I guess they are probably a couple in the movie, and that means a best-of-the-best best reunion in 2021's The Magic. Liam, is it too early for you to have Christmas spirit? Yes. Yes. Are you sick of the fact that there are, like, 100 Christmas movies coming out every goddamn year at this point? Um,
0: I mean, you know, much respect to uh, Alonzo Duralde, who's, like, the king of uh, criticism of Christmas movies. And so, like, him getting more work is great because he's one of my favorite sort of working critics right now. Sure. However... That's the only positive. The net negative is that these movies are always bad. I don't care what he or anyone else says. They are bad movies, and I don't want to see them, and I wish there were less of them existing in the world.
2: Well, I, you know who you sound like to me, Liam?
0: The Grinch? Is it The
2: Grinch? Were you going to say The Grinch? No, Ebenezer Scrooge. Ooh. Same thing. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Either way, I'm fine. Mike, as a counterpoint to Liam's fuddy-duddiness, what are your thoughts on the
1: Christmas season um, uh, yeah, I guess it was recently just Christmas in July. So, you know, Yeah, that's correct. another, another chance to celebrate. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess something about reinventing the wheel with all these, all these holiday movies. I, yeah, it's, it's also very interesting that they're touting Ruben Rabasa as a, as like a, I guess, you know, he's a, he's a popular guy within the comedy community maybe, but, um, yeah, it's a funny it's a funny thing to, to tout on, on this movie as like a little little button at the end, but yeah. Well, it,
2: it, I hate to interrupt you and correct you, Michael, but sure. not only is Ruben Barbosa not in the magic, he was in the earlier film The Intruders. No one ever brought that up. I My brought mistake. it up as a fun fact to share with the world because it was amusing to me. In oh, fact, it seems well, to I me, love it. Yeah, I love it too. It seems to me that there's nothing to recommend The Magic. It seems to me like you don't really have any interest in this Christmas movie.
1: Unfortunately, I don't. But uh, if, if he's in the Intruders, I'd love to see it. Does he? Have you seen the Intruders? Does he play like a kind of like a deadpan serious character? Because Kirk I, I Roberts would...
2: is not in it, so I don't really have any reason to watch. It. <laughs>
1: Got it. Understood.
2: Aaliyah McDonald, are we gonna watch the magic?
0: I mean, we have to, because of our blood oath, just like I have to sit through, this interminably long section of the podcast. How is this so long? None of this is interesting.
2: Well, I'll cut it down so it'll be interesting, but Liam O'Donnell, it's actually a good thing that this movie exists because, and I'll tell you actually a legitimate reason, when we hit the end of the year, we like to do a Christmas-themed Eric Roberts is the Fucking Man episode, and there's only so many Eric Roberts Christmas-themed movies. Fair, Though, though, listeners, there's more than you might think. (laughs) And this is another one to add to the pile, so we'll never have to worry about finding a holiday-related Eric Roberts movie for our end-of-the-year Eric Roberts is the fucking man episode.
0: I mean, look, as long as it's, uh,
2: no, I can't come up with anything. I got nothing. Great! Liam, we need to take a break. Oh, by the way, we're going to watch that movie because we made a blood oath to watch The Life and Work of Actor Eric Roberts. I know, I'm aware. Good, just making sure. Liam, we're going to take a break. Mike, we're also going to take a break. When we come back... Away from the news, we're going to dive into the latest stocked-by-my-doctor film called Just What the Doctor Ordered. Let's check it out right after this.
0: Here's your tea. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And thank you for the flowers.
2: They're beautiful. Flowers? Uh, it, it, yeah. They were from you, right? Yeah, of course. No, they, they should have left a card. There's not, there wasn't a card?
1: Huh. So lame. <laughs> well, they really meant my day. I'm glad. <laughs> You're the best. I love you. I love you too. You liar! Liar, liar, liar!
2: I brought all the flowers!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I left those flowers for her!
1: Oh I left him for you. He was for me.
2: Having escaped from the psychiatric prison, Dr. Albert Beck hides out in an empty house until its new owners move in. Forced into the attic to evade the widowed mother, Beck watches from above, attracted to her young daughter. It's just what the doctor ordered from the year 2021, directed by Jeff Hare, also the director of the previous Stocked by My Doctor, A Sleepwalker's Nightmare, as well as 2020's Who Was Killing the Cheerleaders," 2020's Beware of Mom, 2020's Twisted Twin, 2020's Into the Arms of Danger, and 2020's fame at a deadly cost, a very prolific director of Lifetime Films, Jeff Hare. Uh, This time, Jeff Hare was actually the only credited writer on Stocked by My Doctor A Sleepwalker's Nightmare. No longer the case here. Uh, This uh, film was uh, co-written by Stocked series producer Ken Sanders, along with Daniel West, a regular writer of Lifetime movies, including Killer Competition, Killer Single Day, Am I a Serial Killer, and the previously mentioned Into the Arms of Danger. Uh, This film has a i have to say not a very recognizable cast outside of eric roberts's dr albert beck but there is an appearance here by the wife of eric roberts eliza roberts as a nurse who gets murdered by dr <laughs> albert beck in this movie uh i should mention by the way that the creator uh the originator i would say of the stock by my doctor series doug campbell who directed the first three films is no longer it seems to be involved in any capacity not even as a producer the guiding hand of stock by my doctor is no longer there so i'm very curious to see how this film does without him? Let's start with our guest today, Mike Polishak. What did you think of just what the doctor ordered?
1: Um, I'll just hit you with it. I'm going to tell it to you straight. I'm just going to jump right to it. It's the the, the height of filmmaking. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> I should um, ask
2: you, Mike. What's what what the, what what are what, uh if you had, Mike, what are your favorite films?
1: Oh my gosh, that's. Such a loaded question. I think Logan's Run is definitely up there. 1976 classic, Logan's Run. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Big Trouble Little China is up there for sure. And sure. It was, you know, most Carpenter films. Um, and then a couple of off-the-wall ones, Love and Basketball and Dude Wears My Car are, are up there too as films of my youth that I think right. I – that I owe it to myself to watch again and, and just make sure that I'm not, you know, telling tales out of school when I say they're my favorites.
2: So this is all making a little bit more sense now. So love and basketball,
1: <laughs> a little bit of camp coming in here. Yeah, dude, where's my
2: car? Big trouble, sure. in little China and Logan's run. You think those are all of a similar quality to <laughs> just what the doctor ordered.
1: Yes. I can see a lot of parallels between them. Yes.
2: I have to be honest with you, Mike. I think you're being somewhat facetious in I... uh, in your description
1: here. I think you're right. I think all four of those movies are incre- incredibly different and uh, very different than this one. But I don't know. I I do like a campy a campy quality to, a, Hell to yeah. a movie. So so yeah. So I think this is perfect.
2: Did you have a good time with it? Do you think it stacks up to the films in the series that you've seen?
1: I think that, you know, I'm not sure if we've said this officially on air. We did a little bit of discussion outside of this. But I think, you know, 1 and 2 seem to be the heavy hitters. You say that people mm. really like 3. Mm. Um, I, I might have to go, you know, re, you know, watch 3 and 4. But as the fifth installment, I think it's, it's still trucking right along. I don't, I don't think it really, you know, it doesn't deviate too far from, like, the usual plot and everything. But, um, but, yeah, no, I think, it's, I think it was a fun watch. I would recommend it. One of the things
2: that we have noted... Uh, as the series of stock by My Doctor films went along, is that the series has gotten kind of goofier and sillier. Uh, and that, I think, is just naturally going to be the case uh, uh, regarding a series that already started out pretty darn silly. But with the split personalities aspect, with laid-back Beck, uh, the film really was kind of getting a little out of control, and that was a criticism that both Liam and myself had on the fourth film. This movie kind of reins things in a little. It brings things back to basics. Liam, when it went back to basics, was that just what The Doctor ordered for you?
0: Most assuredly not. Um, oh. mm. it, 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 <clears throat> oh boy. I, I will say this, I, it is in the sense that I found this better than the fourth one, right? I think. Although we've, we've stated earlier, and I want to restate this this is a series that maybe deserves a watch through for people who care about the series. And so maybe upon revisiting, I'll feel a little differently about three and four, two films that I did not feel great about. That being said, um, This felt like maybe too much of a course correction towards something a little more serious, which I think is hard to do because um, as Eric Roberts uh, gets older, it's harder to imagine him doing some of the things he's physically asked to do in this movie. So, for example, uh, the description of the movie makes it sound like he spends half the movie hiding in the wall staring at this girl, which is creepy in a whole other way. And, of course, he doesn't do that. and. To me, I'm really glad he does it, not just because of the whole voyeurism thing, that this would be an entirely different kind of sweaty series than what it is, uh, but more because it, the few scenes in the film where he is meant to be creeping around where no one can hear him, it takes me entirely out of the movie. The man <laughs> cannot creep, and he shouldn't be asked to creep. What he should be asked to do is be Eric Roberts, and and specifically, I think, uh, despite... You know, his age, and and he's a little less mobile, I think, than he used to be. He can still be Eric Roberts. He can still hit a certain level of heightened acting. And I feel like while the series has gotten weird, it hasn't always relied on him to do some of the stuff that I think he's very good at. And I think he can still pull off even at this age. Um, And so, like, you know, for me, I did appreciate that we only had a limited engagement with uh, Chill Beck. I guess is, is that his official laid name? back back laid back back. Uh, he only showed up at the end. Uh, but but again, I, I don't think I was ever advocating to eliminate all of those things. It's just by the fourth film, we had gone so far off the rails, and I think not connecting with what sold the series for me, which is Eric Roberts as an actor. I, I, yeah. I, I know it's hard to say this because these films are camp, and they're intentionally campy, right? Like, no one making this movie is like, no, 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 guys, we're really making the scariest movie ever. Everyone involved with the film knows what it is and what the goal is, Um And yet, uh, despite them being campy, what sells it is not the camp. It's his performance. And you could say, well, his performance is over the top. Sure. But I don't think he's asked in some of these movies to do as much over the top stuff in an Eric Roberts way as he is in that first movie. Yeah. And and, and I think he could still do it. Yeah, yeah. I really think he could still do it. Even at his age, I think he's more likely to bring some insane emotions and emotional performances to to this role than he is to believably skulk around an attic so no one would hear him. Like, the whole time he's in the attic, I'm thinking, everybody can hear you up there, man. There's no <laughs> so way. So the there whole is,
1: house. There is an element there. It, it is almost like he wants to get caught when he's like, you know, he like right, lays, yes. lays lays in bed with the daughter, watches her in the shower. He's like kind of making himself known, and he is being disgusting and lecherous and creepy, but yeah, I feel like there is almost an element where he does want to get caught a little bit, right? Right.
2: Yeah, I mean, I also, it seems like his own mental state is trying to get him caught. One yes. of the things yes. that this movie does is that it, it plays into these fantasy sequences. He'll be staring, he'll be experiencing his life in some way, and suddenly something outrageous will happen, and we'll find out that it was all in his mind the entire time. And he even seems like he can't control that. And he finds himself, as you mentioned, there's a part where he's kind of creeping on the daughter while she's in the shower. And he has this fantasy where he's kissing her through the shower glass. And then he kind of wakes up from it and finds himself surprised that he's still there. One of the things I kind of liked about some of the earlier entries in the series was that it was a little bit more sympathetic to him as a doctor. Sure, now, yeah. I, You can only go so far, right? I mean, he still right. wants to have a relationship with an underage girl. Uh, but the idea that he is dealing with this kind of mental illness and taking that as serious as you can in a movie like this. But in this kind of movie, there's no you're never really meant to sympathize with him at all, outside of the idea that the daughter in this film has a heart condition and he is a, a surgeon who wants to do more than anything in the world. He wants to find her a donor and do the heart <laughs> transplant, which is kind of a funny idea and uh, something that, that kind of pays off at the very end. But just going back to these fantasy sequences, they're kind of what yeah. makes this movie. Uh, the, the Oddly enough, in the first film, when those kind of moments happen, those kind of big camp moments, they weren't fantasy sequences. They were things that were actually happening for the most part. When he gets whacked in the head with the golf club or again with the American Girl doll, things like that. These are things where they're kind of happening in the background, but in this movie, the big moments tend to happen in these fantasy sequences. Oh, there's also one moment where a guy gets hit by a car, which we'll talk about in just a moment. I wanna get your thoughts on what is the high point of Just What the Doctor Ordered, starting with our guest today, Mike Paulshock. What was the high point of this movie for you?
1: Oh, that's that's another loaded question. I do feel like the the mom in the film, uh, Maggie, I believe is her name, was yeah yeah she, she gave a fairly good performance as well. I feel like as well as Eric Roberts, she kind of you know, like some people kind of phoned it in a little bit, but I feel like the mom was pretty pretty on for most of the film. I agree um, with that. Yeah, but I uh, the high point. That's it's really tough the, the ending i mean it just you know as these movies do i think it kind of built to a, a pretty wild and crazy climax where he's wearing red scrubs to show that he's evil now and uh <laughs> like you know um just you know the exciting scenario at the end where he's trying to trying to cut out the heart of the boyfriend to give to the girl that he's madly in love with and it's it's <laughs> the premise mad
2: scientist e at that point
1: yeah absolutely um yeah, no, I, I think the ending, you know, it, the, the crescendo that it builds to is it was my kind of favorite, favorite part there. Um, so
2: you're telling me, Mike, and you're not really telling me, but I'm just thinking about this right now. Sure. That <laughs> Dr. Beck, he knocked out the doctor that was supposed to perform the heart surgery at the end of the movie. And yeah. he went in and did it. And nobody who was there noticed that the guy during the surgery was not the doctor that they normally have doing surgery.
1: Yeah, it's so the it's it's a wild premise and it made me think, you know, with with his kind of like breaks from reality as little psychotic episodes or whatever you want to call them throughout the episode, throughout the show, uh sorry, the film. I was kind of yeah. wondering if that was what was going on at the end. I did notice her scar was missing at one point, so I thought maybe oh. like uh, I thought maybe oh this is like not quite reality. Uh but then the doctor does come in and say it appears some other doctor did the <laughs> surgery. We don't know who like just the, the pure shock on the patient's face, I'm sure, there. When it's like, hey, you know, we don't really know who did it, but somebody did the surgery. That's
2: I'll tell you, they're going to have to sue that hospital, I completely, think. It's, probably,
1: it's kind, of, yeah.
2: kind of a big deal that they don't know who did the surgery on my daughter. Completely uh, unreal, yeah. Liam O'Donnell, the high point of the film for you?
0: I'm inclined to agree with Mike that it does build towards a certain crescendo. But if I had to pick two other moments, one would be uh, watching Eric murder his wife. I thought that <laughs> was pretty fun and and campy and, and silly and really got it kind of the spirit of the film for me. Uh the other it's very weird and and maybe I don't know if it fits the series or not, but something about it really appeared to, appealed to me. And that's when he goes on the disastrous date with a police detective yes. and she tries with all her might to fuck him. And, oh, my God. And he's yeah. like very <laughs> uncomfortable with this idea. Uh, can something I, can about I, that really appealed to me. as uh, Even though part of the conceit is like, well, now he's with a woman more his age. And I'm like, she's 40 years younger than him. What's yeah. happening
1: right now? Can I interrupt for a second? That yeah. date has one of the funniest lines like i don't know if it's intentionally funny but it it cracked me up where he asks uh any kids and she says as a woman no kids that i know of which is such a hilarious (laughs) line for a woman to say i just i couldn't i couldn't get past that one it was so funny
0: i i kind of like i want to say like i kind of in theory like the fantasy sequences, like I like how they are structured and I like the idea of them to some extent, like like using that as a way to tell the story. But it, it just feels like one of the consistent themes across these, you know, this is five movies now. And one of the things that we've decided to keep going is exactly how lecherous Eric Roberts' character is, right? And I, and I feel like it's a little tone deaf. Like I don't know how many fans of the series are like, oh man, it's my by Doctor. It's great. Eric Roberts wants to fuck kids, He wants to fuck kids. Right. Like, that's not why we like the movies. And yet, it's one of the most consistent things. They're like, all right, how do we make sure this fifth movie really really strokes the the, the fans in such a way that they'll be happy? I know. We'll make sure to have lots of sequences where he just really wants to fuck a teenage girl. And, like, not that that isn't part of the movie and it shouldn't be there at all, but they really, like, highlight it. And I'm like... What I remember about the first two movies is him losing his shit that he has it's not just that he's a you know a pedophile it's that he also has emotional control issues and he he can't he can't control he, he can't control his impulses and so there's all these scenes where that those impulse control problems boil over into ridiculous situations
1: it does seem like it's almost Parent propaganda at a certain point, like I, I you know, yeah, lifetime sure. movies have that have that quality sometimes. Where you know, the thing that little-
0: parents are afraid of is that their doctor wants to fuck their daughter. <laughs> like that's what they're playing into. No, I, I, I guess I, so. I yeah.
1: Yeah, I
2: think Mike's right in the sense that I think a lot of Lifetime movies have a yeah, variation yeah. on that, right? That's right, because there's not just Stalked by My Doctor, right? There's Stalked right. by My you know Cheerleader Coach or well, that's, Stalked by whatever.
0: That's It's very telling because we've come to know the series as the Stalked by My Doctor movies that feature Eric Roberts. But the series wasn't that, right? The yeah. series originally was the Stalked movies, i.e. Yeah. Stalked by My Neighbor, Stalked by My Doctor, Stalked by My Boyfriend. And it's they just happened to find the right combination with Stalked by My Doctor that they played off of it. But, I, again, I think the alchemy that they're not fully utilizing well is Eric Roberts himself. It's good that they've stuck with him and they haven't been like, let's replace him with a younger version of himself. Like, I'm glad that they keep him as part of the series, but I just don't know that they're writing for his strengths all the time for for what would make this series kind of ridiculous. Which, again, I don't know that this movie is bad, per se. I just feel like it missed some opportunities for him to do some really wild stuff. And instead, he's he he plays it calm in a lot of places where you would normally expect him to be a little bit wild.
2: I think that as of the third film in the series that they knew what they had. But at this point, it kind of feels like that they just – feel an obligation to release another movie as opposed to trying to capture certain aspects of what made those movies so successful. I will say that my favorite part of the film is one of those fantasy sequences, and that is the one where um, the the woman uh, who he is obsessed with uh, in this film, or I should say the girl, I suppose, her name is Alexa. Her boyfriend uh, tries to take credit for some flowers that he yeah. sent her. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and he gets so angry he has a little uh, moment where he takes out a scalpel and slits the guy's throat and then he's and then he's like no it was me i bought you these flowers i did it and then she starts smiling because of course it's a fantasy sequence it's as close as this movie ever gets to yeah. real horror because it's actual violence, which is a pretty mm-hmm. rare thing in this film. The other kind of major violent moment in this movie is outside of uh, Eliza Roberts getting knocked down the stairs, um, is is someone uh, the psychiatrist getting hit by a car. But that's played completely comically. Uh, I don't think it's one you're going to take very seriously. I don't know why he was trying to get that psychiatrist hard. I don't know if that was <laughs> – I guess he was kind of at the end of his tether at that point. But that's a very strange moment in this film as
1: well. Sure. Yeah, the the tow truck or something, right? It's a yeah. Gets hit by a tow truck. Yeah, bizarre, bizarre detail. <laughs> um, to to go back to the boyfriend for a second, I, I I thought for a second that they had done a good job of of casting people that actually looked and acted and felt like teenagers, and then he sure. showed up this this giant beefcake boyfriend, <laughs> uh, played by actor Brandon Tyler Moore. Uh huh. Do, do we do we think that there's any relation to Mary Tyler Moore there, possibly, or
2: I would think if you were the son of Mary Tyler Moore, A, you would not be, even in your 20s, you'd probably be like 50 years old.
1: <laughs> it might be the the grandson or something at the point, yeah.
2: Yeah, it could be, but also I would think that you'd be able to use those Hollywood connections to do a little better. <laughs> that's,
1: okay, that's a good point, that's fair.
2: <laughs> then playing the boyfriend in a Lifetime movie stocked by my Doctor's sequel. Hey, that's, that's just my opinion, maybe he's been uh, roughing it a little bit, trying to to, to hone his craft, so yeah. to speak.
1: Carve his own path, yes.
2: Carve your own path, or carve through your own path if you're the doctor himself, Dr. Sure. Dr. Albert Beck. Liam O'Donnell, why do you think that this movie is not called Stocked by My Doctor just with the doctor order?
0: I think that this is like uh, their new nightmare. You know, they're trying to like bring <laughs> it... No, I, I don't know why. I mean, it, it, I think, honestly, the films have enough of an impact on the people who care about them. They don't need to call it Stocked by My Doctor. You Calling it just what the doctor ordered and showing Eric Roberts' face, the people who need to know know what it is, you know?
2: I think think you're right. I honestly do. But I also think that there's a real problem here, which is that We are fans of the series. I did not know that this movie was happening until it had already aired because no one was talking about the latest Stocked by My Doctor movie. It just was advertised that just what the doctor ordered came on. And then I found it afterwards because I have a Google alert for Eric Roberts News that that this was part of it. Now, maybe I just don't have my air properly to the ground, but I feel like the fans of the series who maybe are not as devoted – As you and I, Liam, that they could have missed out on this because they see it listed as just what the doctor ordered, and even see that Eric Roberts is in it. It's not uncommon for Eric Roberts to be in other Lifetime movies. They might not even connect it to the series. Yeah, probably not, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're letting people know. We're we're you're on blast, Lifetime. Yeah. (laughs) So, Liam, do you think that they should make the next one stocked by my Doctor Six, or should they? just go on with whatever uh, name scheme that they feel like doing.
0: I think it depends on the it depends on the script. And honestly, if we're going to get to 6, I just think in the spirit of this thing getting more campy uh, in certain aspects, let's give it a fun name. Do a pun with the 6. Yes. There's got to be something to do with the 6 there. And and I think they need to have more opportunities for Eric Roberts to do more, you know, to, to be, yeah, you know, yes, he's great as whatever it is, laid-back Becker or whatever. <laughs> That's great. But, like, where's losing my shit, Beck? I want to yeah. see him lose his mm-hmm. shit again. Uh, and, and the other stuff is fine, too. He's good in, in the places where he's, like, being mewling, you know, like, I just want to help you. Like, he's very good at that. But I don't know that I need as much of that as I need, like, Beck is unhinged.
1: Do you think? Do you think part of the tonal shift and and potentially even the title change come? I think you had mentioned that it's Ken Sanders and Jeff Hare, uh, neither of whom had written for it before. I mean, it, it seems like well, they're both. The produced... director had
2: written the most recent, uh, the Sleepwalker's Nightmare. Uh, I see. Stocked. Okay. So, but he, he's no longer writing this one. I don't know. It's it's a little. Maybe it's that they want to get away from stocked. Plots like actual plots of stalking, and they want to do different things. So, by removing uh, that as a title, maybe they're able to be a little more creative. But this movie doesn't do it. I mean, this movie is a stalking movie, so I, it's do a- think,
1: I do think the core of the movies will stay the same. He will stalk underage girls pretty much in every film, I would assume. But you never know, never know,
2: yeah. You never know. And in fact, that comes that brings me, I should say, to my next question before we get into talking about Eric Roberts' performance where should the series go from here at the end of this film dr albert beck is free he's in a truck he's reconnecting with laid back Beck. the the world is his oyster he can go anywhere do anything let's start with yuliam if you were the one writing the next stocked by my doctor film what would you have him do
0: i think that's a great question doug i'm picturing something along the lines of psycho 2
2: Oh, interesting!
0: Like, like you know, I like, love
2: Psycho 2, By the way, uh, Liam, I should say that.
0: Yeah, I do, I do as well. Some something something along the lines of because he has to hide now right like right. In, the, in the age of social media w- there's gonna be a point where we start to go come on everybody knows this guy so he has to figure out a way to be incognito but the idea and and you know they've they've played with this theme in the other films but the idea that he's gone completely inc- incognito but he just can't control his impulses sure I just think they could do that with Eric Roberts in a way and I get that for them, for the way they structure these movies, the part that is compelling is not the psychosexual weirdness of Eric Roberts, unless it's just him being horny. That's not really what it is. The idea of him having trouble controlling himself and really being kind of crazy, I think they could do a lot more with it and rely on the his ability to perform. I mean, we know on this podcast that even if there are plenty of eric roberts films we don't love nine times out of ten his performance is stellar and he, it's a variety of things you know this is this is a dude who was in best of the best and this is a dude who was in star 80 so like let eric roberts do the eric roberts thing and let him vacillate between creepy and upset and frustrated and really like a like a, a over-the-top john waters style dark Knight of the soul
2: yeah uh, yeah take the hand dark night of the soul Oh boy! Oh Jesus! Also, also, if I can make one recommendation, <laughs> stop having the houses in these movies look obviously like either sets or houses that have like no people living in them. They're right. just like these perfect, like like unlived in at all, no dirt, no right, no character, no personality to any of these houses. Just yeah. just come up with something better, Mike. I thought, yeah, well, please.
1: I, I was gonna say, I thought for a while he was living. Still in that house where he was (laughs) where he was the nurse. I was wondering how he was doing that Uh, just because the, the homes did look so similar. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the only way you could really tell the difference is that they ha- he has that nursing dummy, which even then kind of plays into his fantasies. Well, I mean,
1: right. it, it
0: makes the the whole beginning of the movie kind of didn't work, because the whole idea is, I thought this house was abandoned, so I hid it here. And I was like, mm-hmm. come on, nothing about that house looks abandoned. Stop <laughs> it. Right.
1: And they really, they really just jump right into it. I mean, they, they show the the inmates miss, missing hospital fire uh, newspaper headline, and then yeah. he's just he's in the home. And I thought that I had missed something, but no, I mean, they really... They spell it out for you later on in the film, I suppose. Yeah,
2: yeah. Mike, where do you think the series should go from here?
1: So I'm a, I may play not devil's advocate here, but I may kind of go the opposite way. And because he's, uh, you know, in the truck heading across the country, it seems like he's going to start a new life. You know, it seems like he's going to kind of get a little tabula rasa kind of thing here for himself, and <laughs> and maybe just become a become a psychiatrist in another town, and you know, forge some documents and and get right back to what he knows best: stalking underage girls.
2: Hey. It could be, I have an idea, I want you both to listen to this, which is that there's another Stock by My Doctor film. And they do call it stalked by my doctor. But this time, it's Dr. Beck being stalked by another doctor. And that way, you Mm. can get away from some of his obsession with underage girls things and have him not be the good guy, necessarily, but at least be the person that we're on the side of because he's maybe trying to stay away from an even crazier doctor. Uh, (laughs) And uh, I think that doctor should be played by Mickey Rourke. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Hey, I'm Could just putting you, some ideas out into the universe. Um, I like that
1: a lot, actually. Yeah, kind of put a little role reversal. You know, put him on yeah, his heels.
2: One hundred percent. So and we know, I mean, we know, Doctor
1: Albert, Doctor Albert Beck is—he's no stranger to to conflicts. So I feel like he would, uh, you know, kind of face that one head on.
2: I want to see Beck on the run. Let's talk about Eric Roberts, the actor, the star of the Stocked by My Doctor series. Liam, you've already mentioned a little bit about the fact that uh, Eric is looking a little older in this uh, film. And I don't know what necessarily to attribute that to, aside from the natural passage of time. Uh, But he has aged visibly since the first uh, of the Stocked series, as well as you can imagine he would. But here, he's looking a little... um, I'm not going to say immobile, but sometimes when he is walking, especially when he's walking more than just walking, if he's running a little, uh, that that there's kind of a limp there. He looks a, a little bit kind of comical when he's doing any of the more physical aspects of this character. Would you agree with that? Am I off base here? No, I think
0: that's I think that's fair. And you know, I, I'm not saying they should replace him or anything like that. It's just the the script is asking him to do a lot narratively that it's hard to imagine him being able to do
2: yeah i think that they need to start crafting these films to his strengths And i think that's actually echoing a lot of what you've already said right which is that you know you have eric roberts he is the key to this entire series get the most out of him as an actor and don't worry so much about him as a physical performer uh, certainly, as as someone ha- getting an actual fist fights with people, I think that might be a little bit beyond what future Eric Roberts performances should should focus on.
0: Yeah, I. Um, there has to be a way to structure these films that just play off his strengths, of which I think he still has plenty.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. What did you think of his performance in this film?
0: Outside of that, he's still great. It's 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 crazy to say that to say that he that he was not properly utilized in the film the way I think he could be and still sure. say he's good. But he is very good. He 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 is, he is here for this movie, and obviously here in a way that maybe isn't easy for him. I, we don't know what was going on with him, whether he had been injured or what was happening, but he clearly is not uh, in the film as able to do some of the things he once was, but he is fully there. He wants to be there. He wants to play this role, at least in in the strength of his performance. And so I was actually kind of impressed because even as I was noting that the film was not maybe giving him as many opportunities to do the sorts of things I think he would still excel at, I still felt like he was very committed to the role. And I thought that was great that, 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 um, that he is still about doing this film as well as he can.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, I'll, I'll echo a lot of those thoughts. I actually had a little bit of concerns in the first 20 minutes of this movie. I wasn't feeling very engaged with it. And and he did look a little older, and that made me feel a little like, oh, maybe this film isn't going to snag me like the previous entries had. But I do think that once the plot kicks in, once he kind of uh, gets out of the shabbier clothes that he wears at the very beginning and starts looking like the Dr. Beck that we know and love in the series, that his performance comes out. Once we have a couple of those heightened kind of campy moments it really uh, endeared him to me once again, and I think he gives a great performance. He's head and shoulders above anyone else here and that is not a criticism of the other performers. It's just he's eric roberts he he's he knows what he's supposed to play here. Mike, what did you think of Eric Roberts in just what the doctor ordered?
1: I, I mean, I think you guys have pretty much said it all, but I mean he's just kind of like the, he's the ultimate he's he's very confident you know he's just got like a, a real a real personality to him um. I'm willing to guess that they gave him a little bit of legroom on this movie because it mm. seems like he he I feel like he improved a lot of the lines. I don't know if you guys would agree with that, but there are like kind of silly goofy lines that feel very Eric Roberts charming and um if I, if I can just read a couple of them, the body's supposed to be a temple, not a temple of doom like that kind of thing. and then like the oh, she's into beer, good thing we don't need her liver. like little things like that seem like you know he's he's injecting a little life into some of the lines, maybe you know punching up the script a bit there, but um. But no, just kind of like you said, I mean, I I don't think that he really I don't think he was like unequipped to handle like you're right. Certain things, certain physical things did, you know, stand out a bit. But I think overall, it seems like he I think he did a pretty great job with the film.
2: I mean, he is this character, right? I mean, not to say that, <laughs> right. that he shares any, any of the personality things, but but he really does envelop it. it yeah. I'm glad that Liam, you even mentioned, we certainly would never suggest anyone else play this role. If you ask me, Eric Roberts and Albert Beck are, are uh, they go like peanut butter and chocolate. Nothing can go better together than those two <laughs> things. Uh, a great performance in a movie that I think we all have some reservations of, um, mm-hmm. but it is a series that I do want to see continue. I want to see it play to the strengths that it's already reached. I want to see them take more risks, and particularly I want to see more performance risks from Eric Roberts. I imagine that with the introduction of Laidback Beck, which is, again, a fan-favorite character in this series, that maybe the the next one is going to maybe swing for the fences a little bit more, and I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, please.
1: Sorry to interrupt. Another thing I'd be curious to see is... uh, A lot of the characters just kind of outright said what they were thinking and saying. So, like, Uh maybe a future film could benefit from a narrator, like a narration aspect. I feel like that would be something that I'd really like to see. I don't know. I think that could be a a little bit of a better way to dance around some of the more obvious lines that they that they threw out there.
2: I mean, I think it, it all comes down to something that Liam was getting at, which is that this movie needs to commit to Albert Beck being the main character, right? That this movie Absolutely. centers around him entirely. I don't really give a fuck about the families in these movies. I just don't. Uh, right. And if they want us to really care about these characters, they're going to have to do a lot better job kind of developing them. So if they well, have... They, they the, also... The, the,
1: they all seem yeah, to please. come and they all seem to come and go as well. You know, there's not really like another recurring. Are, are there many other recurring characters? Th- there's patience, revenge. Yeah, there was Ooh.
2: patience, revenge. So there's been a little continuity in the series, but it never lasts too long. Uh, right, but I mean, right. the, the, at this point, the only constant is Doctor Beck. So let's focus on Doctor Beck. Nothing but Doctor Beck. Mike, Eric Roberts is the fucking man. Is the name of the podcast that you're on right now? That's right. Correct. So now I need to ask you: In 2021, it's just what the Doctor ordered. Is Eric Roberts? The fucking
1: man. I, I, without a doubt. 100% the fucking man.
2: <laughs> Liam, uh, I know you have some reservations about this film overall, but can you at least agree that Eric Roberts is the fucking man within it?
0: Easily. Easily. He's He is very good with what he's given to do, and my my only real criticism is I wish the movie gave him
2: more opportunities to really shine. Uh, I believe that since Eric Roberts is the fucking man came back as Eric Roberts is the fucking man redux this may be the best movie that we've watched since the whole series I would argue
0: it's the first movie that I enjoyed since we came back
2: (laughs) (laughs) so things are looking up uh, not just for the future of the Stock by My Doctor series, but for this podcast as a whole. I will agree with the both of you. Eric Roberts is a fucking man in 2021's Just What the Doctor Ordered. Uh, a flawed film, but one that is still very easy to watch, as is the entire series. Uh, I, I think it's something to be proud of. I think it does differentiate itself well from a lot of these kind of movies that are out there that are obviously being pumped out at a astounding rate. But uh, yeah, I'd better better not to water it down. Come up with something distilled. Dr. Beck next time, and hopefully we can all celebrate the sixth entry in this series. Mike shock I want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule
1: to listen to
2: me rattle on about Eric Roberts, the world's finest actor. I, can, uh, I want to... I-
1: I can mm-hmm. think of no better way to spend my evening. Thank you both yeah. for having me.
2: I can think of a lot of things that would actually be more valuable to both yourself and the world as a whole, but I appreciate <laughs> you saying that. Let's, let's uh, not
1: mention them here, yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: but uh, doing your taxes, hey, that's one. And that, sure. that's not even a bad thing to say. Um, Michael, where can people find you and your work in the world?
1: Um, you can find you can listen to uh, Sun God. It's a band uh, that I play in uh, on Spotify and all the streaming platforms and things like that, and uh, I'm on Cinepunks every now and again. Maybe I'll write something, or maybe maybe Wine and Cheese will come back. We'll see. I don't want to I don't want to you know tell tales out of school here, but yeah, give give the band a listen if you don't mind, and keep an eye out for some, some stuff on Cinepunks.com. I suppose
2: we will link
0: someday. Oh. Wine and Cheese will come back. I believe it's true.
1: I believe yeah. it's true too. I think just you know the the not being able to meet face to face was a real deal breaker for us. Um, I'm hoping we can get back out there and, and get it back off the ground.
2: Well, we will link to uh, both the Sun God, uh, where you can find that music, as well as to Wine and Cheese over at the CinePunks.com uh, network. Wine and Cheese is a terrific podcast. You can go over there and check out the older episodes as you're preparing for the new episodes, which I've been told are <laughs> forthcoming. So you can check out that in the near future <laughs> as well. Uh, and uh, if people want to check you out on Twitter, what's the best way to, to Is that something they can, they can do? Check you out there?
1: You can follow Sun God PA on Twitter as well. Do it! Yeah, give, give them a follow.
2: Yeah, follow, I'll link it. Liam O'Donnell, you've been doing a lot. You've been at a lot of stuff. You've been uh, making your mark on the world. Uh, what's going on with CinePunks? What's going on with you?
0: Well, over at CinePunks.com, we just launched a new show featuring friend of this show, Sam Deegan, called Twitch of the Death Nerve. Uh, it is uh, very much a cult and horror podcast, uh, but I think it is one that is um, an interesting combination of historical and personal you know like oftentimes podcasts tend to go one direction or the other it's it's about personal reflections on a film or uh, or it's more of like a critical take on a film or it's like a history of like let's talk about how this got made and who is who is behind it sure uh, this is this is a podcast featuring some of the most knowledgeable people I know about The history of these films, but also reflecting on them in a very personal way about how they affected them and how they shaped them. And I just think there's something really interesting about that. So I'm excited to see where they go. First episode has dropped. Uh, Hopefully uh, I think they're going to be doing uh, this at least bi-weekly, maybe weekly if they can get it off the ground. So uh, I encourage people to check that out. And if they head over to CinePunks.com there's a whole family of podcasts for them to check out there as well as Um, some new writing that's been really interesting. And if they join our Patreon, I've been sending out uh, bags of our signature Cinepunks blend with Essex coffee roasters that they could uh,
2: try. But that's only for patrons. So you got to check out our Patreon if you want that coffee. Check it out over at Cinepunks.com, Cinepunks on all social networks. You can, of course, follow Liam on Twitter at Liam Rules. That's R-U-L-Z. You can also follow me, Doug Tilly, on Twitter at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L. E-Y. If you want to check out more episodes of Eric Roberts' is The Fucking Man, you can go over to Eric Roberts' is The Man to see all of our classic episodes. But if you want to check out the later ones, uh, since we've relaunched as Eric Roberts' is The Fucking Man Redux, it's all over at cinemasmorgasbord.com, along with all of our other podcasts, including our podcast devoted to uh, actors as diverse as Jackie Chan, as Carol Kane, as, of course, the great Alejandro Jodorowsky, not an actor, a director, but there's lots of other podcasts there that can uh, fit all of your podcast wants and needs. Go over there and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform if you can does us a lot of good but for now everyone we need to take a break we need to go to sleep we need to come back soon with another eric roberts classic good night everybody night night.